Welcome back to Of Steam, Steel, and Murder. We missed a regular bi-weekly session last week, and we've made up for it this week. As a podcast, we've just made our first baby milestone by breaking a thousand downloads. So thanks to all of you listeners that continue to download us. If you have comments on the show, please direct them to steamsteelmurder at gmail.com. Our website is hosted at obsidianportal.com, along with many other great role-playing campaigns. Do a search on that site to find our particular page. And now, Session 12, Part 1. Perhaps I... So has Drina started the uh, National Auto Duel Association yet? <laughs> no, I don't, want, I don't want an association. I want to be the only person with, you know... I don't want a whole bunch of guys running around these things. I mean, unless I'm the, I'm the, you know, like the head administrator then, and I get a cut and such. Like that chick in that uh, Death Race movie. See, I'd be mm. fine with that, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think it, dueling is... I'd be fine with Death Race. Is dueling illegal? Uh, what... Be, be more specific, like uh, personal duels to the death? Yes, they're illegal. Okay, that's that's uh, honor that duels is. happen all the time, but it's usually the first blood. Okay, just like guns are legal. No <laughs> now, what if we were outside the city limits? Well, uh, there there are no laws outside the city limits, so um, whatever you can get away with. <laughs> I see. Hmm. I mean, they take. I could put some more points and resources, and be able to pull this off. I will think about that. Mm. <laughs> That's uh, why the farmers yeah, so, are all yeah, heavily armed. With any any basic stuff you need for the motorcycle, and so the uh, the fog goggles work. I'm waiting for the first time he goes into a building and comes out, and someone's jacked his uh, rear wheel in his seat. <laughs> but not yeah. not outside my place. <laughs> All right, was there anything else you guys want to go over? Uh, Drina, I'm expecting the downtime you have uh, you have met and sp- uh, spoken to. Uh, I'm sorry, Ben, what's your character's name? Alex. Uh, that's right. Uh, our boss? Yes, that works. Oh, Barbar. <laughs> Barbar, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently also has a uh, guild contract, um, is a physician. Has a nice office. I am in uh, the high written districts. I'm from the other side of the town. Uh, and more importantly, has been brought into the fold uh, as far as Tesla is concerned. Yes. Oh, and um, due to activities last time, I've set it up that I owe another favor to the dock workers. Yeah, if I wasn't there, he wouldn't have owed them a favor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, as far as Mr. White's concerned, (laughs) as far as Mr. White was concerned, he still owes you some favors, so things are square there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they would be dead if uh, uh, if I wasn't there, but... <laughs> yes, yeah, my poor car. Now that you have a motorcycle, you can't damage it anymore. 
<laughs> he had the grace to put the, the, an equal dent in both sides. I'm sure you'll figure out a way, though. I'm trying to have a couple of robots. Make robots. <laughs> have the submersible. Yeah, I'm not sure if we ever sorted out what was happening with that as to who that got ended up buying it. Oh, it's still okay. sitting in the dock. They're still paying for it to be docked there until that's all worked out. So, let's see. How about... Uh, let's see, if I get the sub as a stunt... I can give it... You're expecting to use the sub enough to make it a stunt? If I take it as a stunt, I will use it enough to make it worthwhile. I mean, if I in think the it as a <laughs> in the middle of Metapole. In the middle, well, no, you know, it's it's Metapole is a as docks. It's a coastal town, and we're about to undertake some international intrigue. Uh, you know, when we're you're in the middle of France and the gendarmerie is up your ass, so you'll be happy. You'll be real happy that I'm there offshore with a submersible, ready to take you to safety. So it's still uh, it's still floating in the Mr. docks. It's got police tape still up around it. It's been sitting there for the last month. There. <laughs> what what has <laughs> the submarine? <laughs> submarine. Okay. Then let's. What about what? What are we? At, where are we at with the Laszlo's? Uh, that was all resolved last uh, episode. They managed to pack them off in a boat. Uh, hopefully, with the joining oh, yeah. flights yeah. <laughs> at their destination. They were successfully gotten uh, out of Metapole. After the assassination attempt on their life. That's why the French have been watching us. So then what we've got to do still is... That's where my car got damaged, which led it to be put into your garage, and that's where we are now. So we were pursuing the. We we're still going to. We still have plans to deal with the pirates, you know? Which pirates? I don't know. I'm trying to pick. I'm going through notes here. I'm trying to pick up, like, plot threads that I have. I have no idea what pirates you're talking about. <laughs> are you talking about the airship pirates that are the ace holes? Yes. Hey, that's a good moniker the ace holes. Yeah, I was just thinking. <laughs> I thought that's where you uh, you got it from. I've been uh, snickering about that for weeks. I I wouldn't. I don't think I would call them that to their face. But yes, those guys. <coughs> like, are they all locked up? Oh no! Been, no no. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Like it, uh, I got the impression that they were. Quite large, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah, seem, well, yeah, they seem to have fingers in a lot of pies. Seems to be a pretty international organization. And last I remember, we were trying to track them to some businesses that they had uh, used as fronts to get equipment. Well, I, I thought, well, due to the sort of just wanted to be. Um, 
seemed to be just doing that activity him and following up on that but I was less concerned about following that up now that we've had Harris and co contact us and sort of bring us in previously. Um, now that he's aware of us, I'm less concerned about trying to hunt him down in every single turn. Yeah, we'll leave that up to Bishop. Uh, <laughs> right, so what was our deal with Harris? Um, he's aware of us. <laughs> uh, I think he plans on using us when it will suit him. In the meantime, we sort of keep our eye out and don't progress cases too hard that interact with his activities. Right, that's right. That is, that's what it was. As yet, oh, uh, yeah, Bert, have we been doing, you know, non-gay, non-audio uh, cases for the police, or they just only only do cases when they, they get audioed. Uh, no, it's assumed that you have you don't get any uh, guild contracts during the times that we don't record. Your okay. characters are still doing things that are part of their normal life. Rita's running this garage. You're doing your job. Um, Alex is you know attending to his patients, but you have no, you don't have contracts in between. Okay, I was just wondering. We could have. Yep. But speaking of which, uh, you guys do get a call separately. Oh, I just had a quick mechanics question before sure. we get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, game question. When we uh, use an aspect related to our skills that are greater more, we can tap it for free. It's just the first time in the scene we can tap it for free? The first time in the scene, yes. Yeah. Otherwise, we have to Ooh. spend a chip. Uh, well, because yeah, I think you were doing that wrong last time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what what happens? With yeah, the, I think I was. You're, you're talking about the uh, the the free aspect you get for having a high skill, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it doesn't cost any chips to tap it. It's like every aspect. Once you've used it in, in a in the same scene, you cannot use it again in the same scene. Right. Okay. Gotcha. I did oh, that so wrong. You can't even spend a chip to tap it again. No, no, you can't spend a chip to tap it again. It's it's, it's basically blown in. Once you've used it in the scene. All right. Okay, with that cleared, we now get contacted by. Sure, Miss Blair calls and uh, and has some papers for uh, a guild contract that uh, they're asking you to investigate. You're all being called individually. Um, I'm not going to assume that you're all sitting around Drina's again. <laughs> well, you <laughs> might have been. <laughs> what is our password? Oh, it's SSM uppercase letters. We ask him to play that for a moment. What <laughs> server are we on? Is this him? That's right. Yep. And there you are. Uh, they want you to meet up at three sixteen B in District Two, and uh, more information will be forthcoming when you get on the scene. Things have actually slowed down in the last month. Uh, no new contracts have come your way. There's not been a lot of interesting things going on in Metapol. You still have the occasional Sky Pirate attack on Zeppelins, but it seems to be uh, not happening as much in Metapol directly. Uh, some incoming cargo to Metapol had been intercepted, but not anything outgoing. So things have calmed down a bit in the city. Good. I'm was there any particular fallout from getting Laszlo out of the way? 
No, not really. Um, although you can uh, make me an alertness roll there, Seamus. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. I think. Um, so two, two. Oh, there's a couple of times during the intervening month that you get that tingling sensation on the back of your neck, and you can swear that someone's watching you, but you can never yeah, quite. Yeah, I'm assuming that. <laughs> All right, fine. Except for this one time, the guy that works in the cubicle next to you was just leaning over the top of the cubicle and staring at you for hours before you caught it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my question is... Uh, that was when the unfortunate stapler incident happened. Yes, and the coffee machine <laughs> ran out that day. Exciting day at the office. I'm um, sorry, what was that, Abel? Yes, my question is like, yeah, do I notice like uh, anything since he told me about the French? Are there's things like missing from my trash? Uh, Give me an alertness roll. Weird, you quote-unquote customers coming by. Mm -hmm. You know, like shady people, baby. people who don't belong. Sure. Uh, give me an alertness roll now. I'll, I'll tell you how well your paranoia has kicked in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not walking around, you know, with a, like with a six-shooter in my belt, but <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, let's see, Alertness, okay. Wait. I don't know if the 4D fudge button is showing up for you or not. You may have to make your own macro there. It is not. Somebody just mashed the button. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. Two. Two? Uh, same thing. Uh, through the intervening month, I mean, you're getting some groceries for your husband and your children, and you could swear you get the feeling that you're being watched, but you just can't peg it down. Um, right. There have been a couple of customers in that seem pretty hot to have work done, and they'd schedule something and, you know, spend a good hour talking to you about the procedures, etc., and then not make their meeting. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I just carry on as normal. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, uh... How about you, Alex? Have you gotten the, uh, the itch? <laughs> nope. Nope. I don't notice anything. Not a thing. All I'm right. not even looking. <laughs> All right, it's the middle of the afternoon. It's actually, uh, a little bit past lunchtime. It's, it's like almost one o'clock in the afternoon, we'll say, when you get the call. All right, I'll be taking the train out there. Mm -hmm. So, boy. District 2, they say, uh, build, building 316B. Which ends up being an office complex owned by Power. Uh, 316B is the entirety of the third floor. And I assume that... Uh, oh, so they gave us... I'll drive my car down there. Okay. <laughs> The uh, dents have been nicely pulled, and your car has been rebuffed. It's not pulling to the left or the right. Mm. <laughs> nope, nope. Seems to be doing just fine. Not, not anymore. I, w I wanted to sell you on the Uncle Jesse switch, but <laughs> you aren't a fan. When you get there, uh, there is a couple of officer wagons out front, and there's a pair of guys uh, that are 
checking people's IDs as they come and go from the office, but it looks like they're allowing the normal office uh, workers to continue their jobs today. Uh, one of them tips are had at you guys. Uh, Officer Philip, who you guys uh, have seen on and off a few times, uh, it's one of the younger cops who seems to be assigned to a lot of uh, sitting outside of buildings and waiting for you guys to show up. Officer? Good to see everybody. Says, uh, go right in. Uh, got a couple of stiffs for you up on the third floor. All right. I pat him on the shoulder and say, I'll, I'll bring you some coffee next time. <laughs> we'll be down here I if you want to ask us any questions. Start heading up <laughs> to the third floor. This is a, an office building. Um, it looks like it's, it's purely for work, though. You, you know, you don't see a lot of the, over dramatic decor or anything that would give you an idea that they see a lot of uh, visitors here. Uh, it looks like just actual work gets done here. Uh, there are a lot of uh, typewriters out. Looks like they do a lot of copy editing here. Uh, lots of desks with in and out trays just overflowing with paperwork. They do have a an elevator here. Uh, it's a freight elevator. If you want to take that, or you can take the stairs. Elevator. Check out the elevator. elevator. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at the elevator for anything weird, like footprints, uh, dust, mud, anything. Oh, it's anything. this big police officers are tramped in another's elevator enough that, not to say not to look, but I'm not expecting much out of it. Sure. Well, the elevator, like I said, it's a freight style elevator, so uh, it's it's actually designed to carry fairly large loads up, and it has uh, entrance exits on both sides instead of just one side. It doesn't seem to be anything odd about it. Uh, it looks like it has had a lot of freight moving in and out. The floors are deeply scuffed, but it looks like their cleaning crew does a top-notch job. Uh, it's it's clean, if well-worn. Okay. The I'm looking at the directory, like what kind of... Uh, are we talking high-end businesses here? Uh, no, it all actually looks like the entire building is owned by power, and each floor has just like a, a different function that it serves. Floor three is editing and copy work. There are eight other. There are eight floors total in the building. Uh, some of them are like importing, exporting, shipping, inventory. Is there a sub basement with a mailroom in there? Uh, there is a mail room, yes. Uh, it is just labeled S on the elevator. It's one of the it's one of the big uh, wooden arms with the uh, kind of the rotary uh, dial to go, you know, up and down, etc. Instead of a push button. But there is apparently a sub basement that just uh, has an S listed on the dial. Okay, I'll have to visit there later. Anyway, mm-hmm. so you guys go up to third floor. Shall we go up to the third floor? And uh, elevator opens up. Uh, as I said, it opens up on both sides uh, of the elevator. And uh, it looks like it's it's one large room that's been divided up uh, with little wall sections that are kind of freestanding uh, to give the semblance of privacy. Yes, they're cubicles. Around desks. Uh, and it looks like the, whole, the area is just crammed with desks, typewriters, just massive amounts of paperwork. Uh, that it looks like people are filing and copying. There is one office room uh, with a door 
and the kind of mottled glass that you can kind of see shapes behind that you can't see directly into. You know, the kind that I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there are people actually working on this floor right now. Uh, there is one lady here who has a mug of coffee in her hand, and there is an officer uh, that appears to be taking her statement. Uh, she seems to be narrowly holding it all together. She's answering the officer's questions, but uh, it seems like at any moment she could break out into tears. There is police tape over the office door. Officer stands up and uh, kind of glances over to get off the elevator. Uh, he seems to finish up with a woman and closes his notebook and uh, gives you a sharp salute as you guys enter. I don't, I don't have any rank. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, None of us do weird contract So, yes, I, um, yeah, yeah, asked the lady her name. Morgan. Morgan? Morgan Fairley. I'm, I'm the secretary here. She's got the cup of coffee kind of cradled in both her hands. You can see they're kind of, they're shaking somewhat. Very young girl. She's probably not out of her teens yet. She has a very severe hairstyle. It's um, not of a typical fashion. It's very, very short. Women typically wear their hair long. And she, it looks like even in her dress style, she's trying very hard to look more like a boy than a girl. Hands are very smudged with ink. She's even got like a little ink stain on her side of her nose where it looks like she rubs quite often. Gotcha. All right, uh, Morgan, I'm going to want to talk to you later. So just, uh, you know, sit tight and the officer's here and uh, everything's going to be all right. She kind of nods her head and... Uh turns back in her chair and makes a feeble attempt to go back to doing some copy editing. And, uh, yeah, we go to the office. Uh, the officer lifts the tape off the door for you and says, uh, I guess I'll stay on the floor. You just call if you need anything. She, uh, she was the only one here that observed anything. I got some preliminary questions uh, answered from her. I'll hand over my notebook if you want. Uh, otherwise, I'll stay out of you guys' ways. Well, if you could please just give us a brief rundown of what actually happened here, officer. Certainly. He uh, pulls out that notebook and uh, thumbs through a few pages. Ah, uh, appears that uh, we've got two victims in the room there. Uh, signs of defensive wounds and uh, battery consistent with, uh, well, them killing each other, quite honestly. Looks like one of them probably took his own life afterwards. Happened around lunchtime. Uh, Morgan there was the only one. Still in the building, she was eating lunch at her desk. Everyone had uh, knocked off for lunch break. Some of them already returned, but uh, we haven't let them back on the floor yet. They've been questioned uh, individually. You can get those uh, copies of those sent to you guys, too, of course. It appears what did that you uh, out two... about the history of those two? Well, let's check the right. victims here. Uh, Sandy Walters, uh, one female uh, in her... In the 30s, appears to be the office manager and her assistant, Mr. Daniel Brown, also in his 30s. Um, that's all we've got so far. We haven't had a chance to run down any uh, priors on these folks or uh, any more history on them. 
Um, did she give you an indication of what exactly they were arguing about when they uh, assaulted each other? Uh, seems here's some uh, inventory problem that cropped up. Seems that Mrs. Uh, Ms. Walters uh, actually uh, had just come back from uh, being gone for about a month on vacation and uh, had called Daniel into the office and they started arguing over uh, what Miss Morgan believes to be some inventory discrepancies. Anything you guys want to know preliminary uh, before before we go in? Guys? <laughs> Not at the moment, thank you. Uh, there's n- nothing else right now, just uh, let's look at the room first. Uh, you open the room, okay. and inside there is a single desk. Uh, paperwork seems to be thrown everywhere. There was a, a very nice office chair that's been uh, turned over, and looks like the seams and stuffing has been flown out everywhere. You see the two bodies on the ground. Looks like uh, Mr. Daniel Brown had a letter opener shoved into the side of his left temple. Uh, and Miss Walters uh, apparently took two uh, ink pens and crammed them into either of her ears. They both looked like they had a drop-down, drag-out fight as uh, you, you see bruising and cuts. We can tell like that as opposed to he stuck a pen in her ears. No, that's, well, you, you you get the impression that she did because her hands are still positioned in, in the way as if she were holding both pins. Right. They're they're roughly five uh, feet apart from each other as well. I'm going to investigate the bodies and uh, try to determine time of death uh, by looking at the bugs that are on the bodies currently. Mm-hmm. Or lack thereof. Sure, just give me... Uh, Give me a roll there. That'd be a nice scholarship with your medicine. Uh, it's a six per. Oh, no problem. Uh, time of death is consistent with what the officer is saying. Uh, it's, it's a little bit after one o'clock now. Probably happened within the hour. Full rigor hasn't set in yet, so. All right. Does it look like... Um uh, that the death was caused by the actual uh, implements that appear to have caused the death? Uh, mm-hmm. Would that be consistent with the amount of bleeding that's coming out of those particular locations that yep. it's an, about an hour old? It would be consistent, and it looks like the, uh, the officer placed correctly defensive wounds and battering. It looks like they were going at each other pretty good prior to uh, the mortal wounds. I'll be looking around the rest of the office while he's looking at the body. All right. Uh, give me an investigation roll. Five. Nice. Well, you find a set of paperwork uh, that's been, well, that's got a, from what you can determine, the, the date, time, or, or stamp that's been put on it is uh, something that she would have gotten in her inbox today. And it does look like there if there's an inventory control sheet there. And there's a couple of items that have been circled with question marks around them. Um, can't really tell what they are. They're just crates with uh, label numbers. <coughs> Check those out at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm going to see was, if there's uh, any interesting documents in the trash can. What was Alexander's total roll on the medical roll? 
Uh, medical, did yeah. you say? Yeah, what was the total roll that you made earlier? Oh, earlier it was a six. Okay, no problem. Uh, actually, something else you can figure out is the majority of the defensive wounds are all on the man, uh, like he was fending her off. Um, and which wound seems to have come first? The, uh, the letter opener to the side of the head or the ink pens? The ink pens were uh, ink pens were on the guy, and the letter opener was on the uh, the female. No, the other way around. The guy had right? the letter opener in the other temple, way around. and uh, the lady had the two ink pens shoved through her ear canal. Uh, you can't real time of death is so close together that I it would be very difficult to tell which came first. All right, I'm gonna go scrounge through the trash can and see if I see, find any interesting documents. That's usually where uh, you can find some. Yeah, that's page six on my investigation. Okay. Well, you tear up the office. Um, the only thing of interest that you find are the the inventory control sheets that look like she was actually working on uh, when this came in. Uh, there are a couple of uh, canceled inventory items that were thrown in the trash can. Uh, nothing that kind of stands out at you. She does have a locked filing cabinet in here, though. Hey, what's getting a locked file cabinet to feed us? <laughs> I was going to Yeah. I just... So it's... I try to open it. It's locked. Uh, yeah. It seems to be pretty flimsy. It's like... It, it's mostly there for show. You don't really think it could keep somebody out that wanted to open it. Okay. Are there any signs anybody tried to open it? No. Everything still seems to roll right. I mean, the the flimsy lock is actually still holding the, uh, you know, the the shelf together. So it doesn't look like it's been forced. Hey, Bert. Uh, based off of the wounds, how long would it take them to die? Uh, pretty quick. Uh, it, it seems weird to me, at least. It seems like one of those injuries would be to the point where you couldn't inflict the other one. Is that what? Uh, based off of my medical. Uh, knowledge is that what it is that kind of what I would get? Yeah. Or yeah. does it, it seem plausible the situation because it kind of seems hard to stab somebody in the head at about the same time they're stabbing you in well, ears? What what we're getting is that she stabbed herself in the head after stabbing him in the knee. It seems to be the most. So you think of murder or suicide? Yeah. Um, I have never known anyone uh, that takes some uh, some real iron to grab two cans and drive them into your own ears. Yes. Uh, I mean... I was just thinking, we don't have any drugs at all that would make someone do that to themselves. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not in my line of work. I can't really test for that in the field. <laughs> sure. I uh, well, I I take the uh, wrench and open the drawer. Yeah, it's just the moment's work. It really was a flimsy lock, more uh, there for it's show. Not like we could have gotten the keys off your body or anything. Uh, look, there are two drawers. These are for. I didn't want to write one for a corpse just yet. There are two drawers. Oh. Uh, the top drawer seems to be uh, more inventory dating back. They keep three years worth of inventory in here. Our inventory paperwork. The bottom seems to be employee files. Um, 
Look for the employee file on uh, Daniel. Okay. Yeah. At alphabetical, doesn't seem to be tagged in any other way. Uh, Daniel's been with the company uh, for the last two years. Daniel apparently worked as... Excuse me? Sorry. No, go ahead. Any reprimands on there? Uh, there there are a, a couple uh, of reprimands on there, nothing recent. Uh, mostly when he was first hired. Apparently he was hired pretty young. Uh, the reprimands were more in the way of this is how this should have been handled, uh, you know, et cetera. Nothing, nothing harsh at all. Seems to be his track record's pretty good. He's consistently gotten raises. Um, he's got a couple of uh, letters of recommendation, including one from Sandy. For completeness, we'll also look at Sandy's and Morgan's records as well. Sure. I'm uh, sure that Sandy's records are going to be in here. Sandy's records actually are in there. Uh <coughs> The most recent paper in there is her vacation request form and uh, with a corresponding uh, note behind it saying that it was approved and uh, there's some more information on there. Uh, she's been with this office since it opened uh, three years ago and has been the general manager since. Where did she go to vacation to? Um, it actually doesn't I say. Uh, you're looking through the paper there and the oddity that springs up is that her vacation was paid for by the company's medical program. Interesting. Like, like a, there's like, the receipt was paid for out of the medical fund for uh, power. Who owns it? <laughs> um. I'm going to take a look at her, uh, that wouldn't necessarily tell me anything. Uh, how long does it look like, do, do her clothings look like, uh, she's, um, uh, does she look well kept even though she's dead and had a struggle or does it look like the clothes may be a bit old? Oh no, actually they both look, uh, very professional, very fresh. They're both very young, probably, uh, within a few years of each other. They were just in their early thirties. Uh, both apparently single, as neither one have wedding bands on. Actually, both their files will also say that they're single. Uh, Morgan's file, uh, she was just hired six months ago uh, as a secretary. And there's just not a lot more there. There's her uh, interview paper. Um, and she's got some references from other jobs she's held as a secretary, but not much else. Daniel's job um, apparently was uh, he was like the public face for power like whenever you know announcement had to be made or, or something like that he was kind of uh, he was the person in front of the uh, the cameras as it were uh, kind of like their face man and Sandy also gave a lot of press releases too so they both looked the part you know well manicured well kept um, they're both wearing the most fashionable clothing can I get some photographs of the actual scene do you or get the officer camera? to bring in a camera <laughs> to get photographs of the actual scene? Yeah, they can uh, they can send up a photographer before we go messing things up anymore. The officers Good actually uh, never entered the room other than to just kind of take a look in 
you know, and see who and ask someone who the bodies were because once since this is uh building belongs to power, it's out of their jurisdiction. So they just had the initial response and then said, Oh, sail up the room. Well, this is power is owned by Tesla. Yes. Well, Tesla's the head of power, not necessarily owned yeah. by him, but yes. Oh yeah. Um, I just wondering if I could have a look at the paper and actually see if there really is an inventory issue. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to tell. It's it's just an enumeration of box numbers. Um, there are three different boxes that have been circled in question marks near them, but you know, there's you've got nothing to correlate it against. Mm. So there's a lead right there. Um, right. The window's not broken or anything, is it, Bert? No. It's- uh, the general uh, office, though, has been like you can tell that there was kind of a, a struggle going on. Things have been knocked over. The desk has been scooted a little bit. The office chair has been knocked over. Potted plant in the corner has been kind of uprooted. No, got a, not the potted plant. <laughs> it's got a clay pot that's been smashed. It's actually impressive to to have the potted plant uprooted in the middle of a fight. Well, apparently it was used as a bludgeoning implement. Uh, the, the clay is, has been shattered, and you can see you know, some of the, the, the superficial face wounds on the guy. There's like little bits of clay <laughs> shard in them. Oh, so she really got pissed off about something. As the geranium gasps its last on the floor. <laughs> I think I need to go try to dig down what medical uh, vacation she was going on and perhaps go to her house to figure that out um, to find out if it was a mental or, or uh, something that she could be on drugs. I also need to check her for drugs. Um, maybe she just needed to switch to DK. <laughs> maybe. That's, that's like you. Is the officer outside? Yeah, he's still waiting for you. He's just kind of watching the elevators to make sure no one else comes up or to check their identification if they do. Uh, Doc, did you look at Miss Walter's hands? Sure thing. Any bruises around there? I mean, besides from the scuffle, I'm assuming. Yeah, there, there there are bruises consistent with her, like really just laying into somebody. Like knuckles are uh, are abraded and bruised. Um, is there any discoloration of the skin anywhere on her body uh, that would be unusual? Um, not from this actual stru- struggle. I got a four, by the way. I, other than at some point, apparently he did start hitting back because she, I mean, she does look like she took a, a hit to the jaw. There's no old bruises or discoloration or um, uh, rashes anywhere on the body. Uh, not at all. Uh, Although there are some puncture marks, th- there are some uh, fading puncture marks, like it's been a while. And how long? Eh, over a month, maybe a month. So not consistent during the period of time she was on uh, on her vacation. Okay, actually, because you said have that been. was a week long vacation. Uh, it's like a month long vacation. Oh, month long yeah. vacation. Hmm. Not in places like you would do it to be hiding uh, needle marks, but like in a place that you would normally get an injection. Well, my my thing is not drugs, by the way. It's that um, there's probably a third person here 
maybe somebody very powerful. Somebody could have grabbed her hands and forced the pens into her ears. Uh, but they look like they're self-inflicted. They well, do yeah, look like it, and there's no bruising around her wrist that would make you think that someone grabbed her arms and forced her to do it. Okay. Now, whether they did it and then moved her arms up into position, that's another question. Right. Could have been done that way. But if they did it that way, she would have had to been knocked out uh, prior to... Um, prior to the actual uh, act, although, you know, we've seen that you can do that uh, using the right combination of gases, but they did hear that and didn't see anything, or I guess we should ask the witness more about that. Um, my question is more about what kind of medical vacation she took and why were they injecting her with something during that medical vacation? guessing that uh, if it's a month long, I mean, it was probably, I mean, she doesn't look like she's been through, except for the reason why, she doesn't look like she's been through any kind of terrible injury that would require a month to convalesce, so it was probably something mental. Yeah, could have um, been I'm going to look, I'm going to look on the, underneath the hair, I'll look for signs of electroshock uh, shock therapy. <laughs> Wow. Uh, nice, actually. Uh, there are uh, not electroshock where it's uh, very, well, very primitive at this point in time and it leaves very large electrical burns, but you can see places where she has recently had uh, medical grade electrodes placed on her, on her head. Uh, not the kind that would necessarily administer shock. Hmm. The, so uh, she definitely it, was getting treated for something. It, it, it's beginning to look more like it, because uh, what you're actually finding in her hair is the nasty medical paste that takes forever to get out of your hair. <laughs> I got you. So I think we need to find out we need to find where she was, what she was getting treated for. Sorry, were you going to say something, Bert? Nope. Oh, I'm getting feedback from your mic for some reason. Uh, I think we need to f establish why she went away. Um, it could have left her less stable or even slightly more stable, but maybe she was stable before she went on vacation. Um, uh, if she was treated with anything that could possibly indicate why she would take her own life or be manic. Mm -hmm. um, um, question is, how are you going to look up this information? Uh, her file doesn't. Well, not right now. This is more of a to do later on. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing that she's probably going to have more information at her house, so that's where I'm going to. That's where I'll start with that investigation. Her but file. Uh, so, well, corporate office should have records with on her if they if they did the for her. That's so true. We need to check with higher up, and we may have one or two contacts that will get us access if we need it. I want to find out her past history at work, though, so I, I, we need to talk to some of her coworkers. I think. Um, somebody who's been here for a longer period of time than a month. Um, uh, 
but the one witness we have, we should probably investigate more now that now that we have uh, some more information about what happened. Yeah, well, let's talk to the secretary before we forward together. Morgan and uh, anybody else you might have worked with. Now, normally when we release the bodies, they just take them away. Do you want to have them dealt with any particular matter? If, if so, just need to get that set up. Otherwise, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna want the bodies for a biopsy. Yeah, otherwise they just go away and won't get to ever see them again. <laughs> so I'll instruct the uh, I'll instruct the officer to take a picture of the bodies, um, the the way they were on the ground, and then have them delivered uh, to my office for a biopsy. Sure, he's waiting for you guys uh, to be finished before he goes down. He doesn't want to leave. Uh you know, the, the place unattended. So it, if, once you're done in the room... The there's down. only the one officer around. Well, there's the two at the front of the building that are checking people in and out. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of sealed you off the floor. Oh, I'll be right on that. Yeah, I'll send up a photographer and uh, we'll make sure the you want both bodies, Doc? Um, For now, yes. I want to make sure that there's nothing that we miss. Sure thing. Uh, in the meantime, Morgan, the secretary, is kind of, she's like making feeble attempts to type on her typewriter. She'll type a few keys and she'll get out the whiteout and <laughs> make a correction and then type a few more keys, make a correction. Ow. Uh, Miss Abra, if you want to try and distract her with something that you replated, you could ask her to find out where these crates are so we can examine them. That might get her mind off the immediate happenstance. Second. Oh, he died. Oh, and along your other questioning, the officer does mention that uh, the other people that were working in the building but they were gone for lunch are back in the building. They're just uh, on a different floor right now since they closed off this floor. Okay. Um, I I need to. I need. Uh, I'm going to ask your officer. To get somebody to get together a list of her um, underlings and uh, anybody she usually spent lunch with. Uh, sure. He pads off to the elevator to do such things. Uh, I talked to to Fairly. I want to ask. I ask her. Um, you know, how well did she know uh, Brown or? Miss Walters. Uh, well, I'd gone to lunch a few times with Daniel. He's a really nice guy. Um, I didn't know Miss Walters too well. Um, she usually stays pretty much to herself in there. She works all the time, though. I've come and done some overtime, and she'd still be there in her office after you know, 14 hour shifts. She didn't go home very often at all. Daniel there was pretty much uh, uh, her mouthpiece as she needed to tell the rest of the group anything. She'd have meetings uh, every couple of weeks, but that's the most uh, I'd ever really talked to her. And those meetings, they just had Daniel in them? 
Oh, no, no, the whole staff. There's eight of us all together. Okay. I suppose she could give me the rest of the staff. Yep. She uh, hands you out basically a, a copy of each one of their business cards. So <laughs> gives you a nice little stack of seven business cards since she doesn't have one herself. Um, is there anybody who she frequently hung out with in the office? Anybody uh, she usually went to lunch with? Uh, she usually seemed to her, spend a lot of time with besides Daniel. She usually had her lunches here. Um, she'd order out, have them brought up to her. Uh, she was on the phones a lot um, with different people uh, in the organization, of course, just tracking down uh, stray crates here and there. Uh, mostly what we do here is uh, inventory control and uh, make copies of certain... Uh, well, mechanical schematics and uh, design principle type of things. Uh, really, we do manual editing, technical work. But they also use um, us to keep Have you noticed any? Sorry. Go ahead. Have you noticed any uh, behavior that you would consider odd by her? Does she have any... Um, she get upset when you do something specific that seems odd or... I don't know. Um, uh, anything out of the ordinary? And when she ordered out for lunch, was it usually the same place or different places every day? Oh, different places. So she likes. Do you know of any sandwiches. patterns? She liked different sandwiches. Like she likes soups. That's about the only thing she would ever order from different places now and then. Um, no, she's pretty. Her work's pretty regular. The only odd thing was that she took uh, a vacation. <laughs> There's some word around uh, the water coolers here saying that that was the first time she'd been on a vacation since she's uh, she started here. And uh, uh, any anything in a rumor mill uh, besides that about her? Uh, any inner office affairs or anything like that that happen to be whispered around? <laughs> well, she grips her coffee cup in a new way as if uh, she's suddenly become the interest of the gossip meal. And she says, well, by all accounts, uh, there used to be a, a thing going around the office that her and Daniel had a little something going on. But... Uh, Daniel was pretty confident that uh, he, he he would mention that he had tried a few times, but uh, Miss Walters was uh, kind of a cold fish, um, so that that didn't really come to much. Now there are all kinds of other rumors going around the office, and then she like you know spends the next fifteen minutes you know <laughs> dumping the spiel on you of how this uh, group of eight people apparently do have a lot of. Uh, <laughs> extracurricular activities together. <laughs> it's like a soap opera. It always is with an office. What I don't know <laughs> what it is. Can't say I'm interested in my office. <laughs> it's a cutscene of his office where there's like, you know, row upon row of people that all look the same, all dress the same. <laughs> or possibly a lot of people sort of in the background and he just doesn't notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weren't you just telling me the other day about how somebody was staring over the cubicle at you? Maybe they were trying to tell you something. Anyway, uh, any other questions you have? I mean, nah, I guess not. Oh, just like now with these crates, huh? Oh, well, that's all in the sub-basement. That's Morgan mm. talking. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> that problem solving. 
okay with this now. I guess we should head on to the basement. Uh, and then we'll, uh, I'll probably want to talk to some of the other people later on. Um, unfortunately, I can't talk to Dave. You all got what happened. Uh, let's go to the sub basement. Uh, the basement is. Um, I was thinking we just stop by the main floor and just get one of the officers to come up here so that this guy up here is released to go and do the things we want him to do. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, yeah, we all, take care of that. <clears throat> you get all that sorted out. Uh, the basement is uh, is a fairly large loading dock. Actually, it's a uh, the, the whole area has got like uh, spray painted concrete floors where each uh, there's like four foot squares marked off with paint on the floors each um at the at the top of each marked off section there's like a number and there is like a crate or a few crates uh sitting in each of the marked off areas and there's like a a very large loading uh area for trucks that can just kind of back up and uh, there are people working right now that are moving items in and out off the floor the particular crates that were circled on the manifest that you got there, uh, it's pretty easy to find. They're all consecutive, even numbers on one side of the floor, odd numbers on the other side of the floor. And uh, could be the reason why they're circled is because those particular lot areas are empty. After after they get transported... Sorry, after they get transported in the, the truck, some... Where do they go from there? Do they go to uh, usually out of town, or are these more in-town events? Uh, um, sure, you grab one of the persons that's kind of logging. He's got a a large crate on the end of a, a dolly, and he's kind of rolling it up a, a ramp into the back of a truck, and he stops and takes a break, lights up a cigarette while he's talking to you. It's like, ah, oh, this is all strictly uh, in town here. We move parts... Uh, from one business to other, whoever needs a particular, you know, some sheet metal, they need a particular part. We just, uh, they all collect here in this warehouse from all over the world, and we just kind of ship it all through the town to whoever might need it. He shows you his manifest. Each truck has, like, a list of what crates they should be loading up and what addresses it should be dropped off at. And there's like two columns at the end. One column is that it was delivered in what time. The second column is a signature for whoever received it on the other end. Um, I, if if he looks up the uh, the the items in question, are they on the sheet at all? Uh, well, I've just got today's, and nothing went out of my truck today. You might want to check with uh, George over there. He had several out this morning. Uh, another guy moving. Crates in and out of his truck next to this guy's. Where do you guys keep the archives of the um of those those shipping manifests? Ah, well, transportation's got copies of them all. We just turn them. You in don't have any in-house ship. archives. Ah, uh, not at all. We don't. Uh, and this this building belongs to Power Transportation. Uh, has got the contract to move the crates. These guys just store the crates. Okay, so after you're done with that manifest, you're going to give it to the transportation driver, and he's going to give it to somebody who would put it in an archive. Yeah, yeah. I, I take my truck in at the end of the shift. I give him the paperwork. It all gets filed up nice and neat. All right, I'll go and check with the other ones, um, and I'm going to stop trying to take over the show. <laughs> George is 
same uh, same story. George has uh, not gotten any of those crate numbers taken out today, but he also only has one day's work on his log. And uh, since all the crates pretty much look the same, they're all wooden crates of you know varying sizes. It's nothing really that he can remember from one to the next. Yeah. Um, are the crates themselves individually numbered? Yeah, the crates themselves have the same number spray painted. Well, won't be spray painted, but painted on the side of the crates. Right. And how big and basically, if I wanted to go say for a wonder and see if the crate has been misplaced, would it just be complete random dumb luck, or would it actually take a little bit or a short amount of time to cover the whole place? It wouldn't take that much time. I mean, since it's uh, you're just matching. It looks like the first three numbers of all the crates are the same number. Um, you're not sure what that you know represents, but it's the last three numbers that are different. And so if you were just to go oh. down each row matching up the last three numbers to what's spray-painted on the ground, you could tell pretty quickly if something's out of place. I'll do that, then. All right. <clears throat> Wandering through the stack. I'll go and help him with that. All right. Uh, Drina? You there, Abel? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Uh, so the other okay. two are wandering through the stacks, kind of comparing numbers. What are you doing? Um, damn it. Let's see. So how big are these crates now? It's varying sizes. All right. Does it have any... So on the manifest, it doesn't say what these crates... No, nope, it's We're just strictly logged by numbers. That's it. Numbers, right? All right. Um, but you should be based off of where they were put uh, put into, or supposed to be put into. What size would the crates be? Or well, uh, as you can see indicator? on the floor, um, it's roughly a four foot by four foot area that's marked off on the floor. Some of them have very large crates in that area that take up the whole area. Some of them just have a bunch of smaller crates. And when you have, like, you, you see one space, it's got, like, three crates sitting there. All three crates have the same number on it. No differentiation, no way to tell how many were supposed to be there. We've got three options here. Either this was something that someone in this office was trying to do, which may or may not relate to option number two, which is the hole in the ace gang, hole in the ace gang, or others next some crates, or it could just be incompetence. Uh, speaking of incompetence, yeah, I, would, I would think that the whole Ace Gang is, um, uh, they usually take care of stuff externally. That's why I asked if it was all internal uh, shipments. Usually they, they take stuff, stuff from wherever they use. need it. If they need something, someplace got it, they take it. Uh, speaking of incompetence, you both of you find a couple of crates that were actually put in the wrong spots on the ground. It, the, like the last three numbers were like 1112, 121, etc. And they, they, Somebody transposed a couple of digits, so there are a couple of tra traits in the wrong place. So this is why I want to check the entire place. Roll <laughs> out incompetence first, mm -hmm. as much as possible. And uh, sure enough, uh, between the two of you, you know, it's a half hour's work, and you find the three missing crates. <laughs> uh, so they're here all along. Nice. Mm. Apparently, somebody who unloads the crates has dyslexia. <laughs> yeah, we might want to. Would that be the transport guild or the power guild who does that part of it? Transport. Yeah, we'll report that. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Someone's going to um, get us to warning letter on their file. Well, shall we see what's in the crates uh, in question? Um, this belonged to the Power Guild. We would have to probably get permission from the Power Guild. It's weird to have some powers, but I think if this is just incompetence, I think we could probably do it better. It would be better if we did this with a Power Guild representative here, just in case there's anything that we are supposed to see, even though we do have fairly wide powers. It would be safer if we had a representative here. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, so I guess we'll we'll get them put off to the side, and then we can, uh, or just know where they are. We'll put we don't them want them disappearing the in the interim. It's simple enough to do. Yeah. As I said, um, the the workers that work on other floors are still here, so there's still plenty of workers about. If you want to snag someone and say, "Hey, <laughs> you are our witness," the one thing is, though, if this was deliberate, we don't want to grab someone who was the one who happened to be the person involved in this. <laughs> so we still haven't completely ruled everything out yet. Mm-hmm. Someone could be deliberately misplacing these crates. That's mm. true, and that's why I don't want to move them back yet, or I want to get them in some way that uh, that we can ensure, even if they're doing that, that they won't just disappear on us. Yeah, we should be able um, to get a representative from somewhere else. That shouldn't be too hard. Do you? Uh, but what I'm thinking is maybe in case they, they saw us searching, and they saw us have the list, so they know we were looking for those boxes and probably found them. Do we want to have them put off in a corner and have an officer protect them? Uh, just in case they are something they want to make disappear before we actually look well, into it them? Is, it is technically evidence, so yes, that would be a good idea. Yeah, the only reason why we would want to do that is if we were to see if anybody does pick them up and then try to follow them. That's another way we could go about it. Um, I'm willing to go with just getting someone else from not in this office come in and help us open the crates up and see what's happening. I don't know how far we really want to go suspicious. We can't go too far suspicious. <laughs> Which, yeah, I kind of agree. Let's just, uh, all right, let's get a representative here and then open these things. Which Probably what's in them will tell us more than anything. Which uh, yeah. representative, power or transport? These are, well, these are power uh, crates, so... These are power crates, so power... Uh, yeah, someone from power. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, someone from Tesla's office is there in 15 minutes. Good. We'll let them know that this is partly due to someone in the transport guild having problems with dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're all happy, we'll open the crates up and just see what's in there. Sure. Uh, they actually get a couple of workers over with a crowbar, um, and he stands, uh, you know, by you to witness it. He's got all the paperwork for what should be in those crates on him. What's the paperwork say? Since uh, he's got it, sure. Yeah, he lets you look at them. What should be in these crates are just mechanical parts. One of them should be filled with ball bearings of varying sizes. Um, okay, the first person who splits that open is ball bearings all over the floor get fired. <laughs> <laughs> they were about to pull off the side of the crate. Instead, they decided to take the top off. <laughs> they, they, they were going to ignore the open this way sign that was, you know, painted on the side. And they, they were about to ignore that. <laughs> uh, the other crates were supposed uh, to Drina, be you... tires. Sorry. Uh, sorry. One of them was tires, and then one of them were specialty gears is what they should have been. 
what do you make of those? Anything in there that you see that's particularly suspicious from a mechanical standpoint, Trina? I mean, I'll like go over everything once they open the crates. Yep. Uh, you pop open the crates, and uh, what the log says should be in those crates are what's in the crates. Um, now, that is the number that spray painted on the crates, and of course, they're sitting in the wrong slot, though. Yeah. Right. But they have what they're supposed to have in there? They do. But the question is, what was in the slots that we were supposed to, uh, supposed to be? What, what were the opposites that got shipped? Well, could have been uh, into he's got that, that manifest. Yep. He, he, I think we can leave for the power people to look into if there's wider things mm-hmm. misplaced around here. That will take a while to go through every single manifest to make sure everything lines up. And I have no interest in doing well, that myself. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm think figuring that. if if they transpose them, then they're probably uh, if you inverse it, that's probably what's in the other spot. I just want to see if there's anything particularly dangerous in those spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does take a quick look through the manifest that he got. He brought uh, the last year's worth just in case. Um, and, and going through them, uh, actually, if you trans, he looks at the possible ways you can transpose those numbers. And uh, there's actually some really expensive stuff that were in those that were in the three crates that could potentially have been moved out of those spots. Uh, for instance, one of them was. Uh, a an unassembled engine, uh, as in computer. Another one was. Would this happen to be a computer that has information on it? No, no, it, it had not engine. yet been plugged into anything. It's a replacement, but it's still, still really expensive. Oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of them was uh, actually raw materials and. Uh, Materials such as bars of copper, bars of silver. <laughs> hmm. So we could have had people nick the crates and put this stuff here just to fill in the gap. So, oh, look, there's the crates in the bottom of the thing. We won't check too carefully. It is possible. That's why, again, it's sort of how far do you want to go with your paranoia? Mm-hmm. But, I, uh, either that or it got shipped to where those crates... These crates were supposed to go, so I, I would ask the power guy to probably have that. But that's going to be a long-term thing to sort out and track down all the possible places this could have gone and stuff. Oh, and I, I know. The, the representative that's, you have here not is uh, Mr. Wallace. Uh, he says, well, you know, we'll certainly look into this. Uh, and he adjusts his black plastic lenses on you know he's got the 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 very large plastic glasses uh plastic frame glasses he's adjusting it on his uh, you know nose making himself look very official as he's doing it we'll certainly look into this and, uh, we'll uh we'll let you know if uh we find out anything that uh, might help you in your ongoing case pulls up his trousers to make himself look more impressive again <laughs> so they're right underneath his arm yes <laughs> And he uh, kind of just waddles off, stiff-legged, stiff-legged, and looking very full of himself. Okay, so so far we have two possible motives. Uh, I want to go look in the mail room and see if there's any mail for um, Sandy or Daniel that haven't been delivered yet. That's a good one. Um, Daniel actually has a package that had not been delivered to him yet today. 
They usually do the personal deliveries after lunch. Hmm. I don't know. Like, uh, can we legally open the package? And do I hear ticking? Yes. <laughs> you we do not hear do ticking. that as part of our ongoing case. Yeah, we don't know exactly what happened. So I think we're perfectly within our purview to open the mail. Um, how big is this package? Uh, it's like a well, it's Manila envelope size. I mean, it looks like it's it, well, it feels and hefts like it's it's a bunch of documents. All right, open it up. It looks like it's a, a manual um, for some, you know, some mechanical device that needs to be written up, and uh, it's like the the, it's, the basic ideas of how this machine works. And it's like with copy notes saying, uh, "Can you fix the English up on this to make this, you know, this read easier?" And I completely don't understand how this particular part works. Can you re- reword this so it makes more sense? Uh, it just looks like a manuscript that, that's been sent to him to be edited. Yes, and if you take an item, all the correctness they add up together to equal a secret instruction to overthrow the government. <laughs> I'm not going that far on my paranoia. Anyway. <laughs> um, I'm not too clear on what these... It's, it's like an instruction uh, manual. It's just something that uh, it's something that's a document someone wrote, and they've put notes and saying clean this up, and it's their job to they're editing and copying, so it's up to them to go back and fix it all. Okay. Just editors comments on a document. We'll make no what it's a manual for, but I'm not otherwise worrying about it just in case it crops up. But I'm not otherwise worrying about it itself. Yeah, it's not a it's not happen to be a manual for engines, is it? No, not at all. It it actually seems to be some kind of uh, a vehicle. Um, uh, it's got like snow tread tires on it and something that looks like a pair of skis up front. It's snowmobile. Hmm. Nice. It's going to disappear with Jerry now, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I thought it was a manual on how to create one, possibly. Yeah, no, it's actually it's like a user's manual. And the guy who wrote it originally, well, you can tell, was a an engineer. Uh, that did not have to speak to non-engineers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, while you're going through the mail, the snowmobile and the submersible. <laughs> while you're going through the mail, uh, the mail, one of the submersible. Yes. For um, uh, never mind. <laughs> one of the officers comes up to you guys and says uh, they've rounded up the uh, the other people that work in the office. They've got them down in uh, a room on the first floor. If you want to talk to them, all right. Um, I think we're just going to ask them uh, the same basic questions we asked Morgan uh, and see if we get any different responses out of them. I want to ask them separately, mm-hmm. one by one. Sure. Are you guys all dividing it up, or well divided? I have up. nothing in particular that I want to say to any of these people. <laughs> okay. Well, there are six of them. Uh, there are eight of them working in the office altogether, including the two victims. Uh, the six that are left are varying a- uh, varying ages, with the oldest guy being in his forties. Um, very charming guy, Morris Fraley, and he was there from the very beginning as well. And uh, he's the only one that's got anything really interesting to say. The rest of them kind of. 
got the office gossip <laughs> thing going around. Actually, what, what I'll do is I'll go back up to the third floor and just look over the rest of the desks to make sure there's nothing standing out but while you guys talk to these guys. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, look over Daniel's desk while you're up there, then. Yeah. Uh, so if he's Morris, got any like love letters in his desk or anything <laughs> to to kind of confirm that rumor. Please mislocate these crates. Signed, Harris. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone else except for Morris uh, tells you the same line that Morgan did. You know, there's a, there's a lot of office uh, romances going around, and uh, Sandy and Daniel that that was bandied about, but uh, no one really gives it any credit. Apparently, uh, Sandy was a pretty cold. Just all business, all professionals. She was trying to make a name for herself before she turned forty. Uh, Morris, but is, Daniel has it. Daniel had definitely admitted to them that that he did have feelings for her. Or oh no, Daniel admitted that he had asked her out, had tried, but it, that it had gone nowhere. Uh, the only thing else that Morris has to say that's that's interesting is that uh, Sandy was uh, a, a very uh, very devoted to her job, was very driven, and would have fits where it would just get too much for her, and she would, you know, she didn't, to the point where she didn't feel comfortable being anywhere but at work, so she would be here all night, and uh, Morris himself was uh, is actually, you know, was kind of driven as well. As he got into his late 40s, though, he mellowed more, but he can remember the times when they were both in the, in the building together, well into dawn, working, and uh, he just mentions that she was just really driven didn't give herself a lot of, of interest outside of work at all. Okay. Um, going back to the offices upstairs, he doesn't actually have a, a desk in the same office. The The office was Sandy, so it was only one desk there. His yeah, desk the is in the general pool of desks easy enough to find. He does have a little placard that was sitting out on it. Um, since you are doing that, Jameis, give me uh, an investigation roll. Come on, minuses. Nope, I get a plus. Um, four. Okay. There were some manuscripts he was working on. Uh, he you know, had, had started doing some editing on just uh, writing his notes in the margins. Uh, but as you're going through his desk, you do find that it has a hidden compartment in the desk. Um, and you find such incriminating evidence as a bottle of scotch, uh, a little black book with several feminine-sounding names in it. <laughs> Hang on, I've seen these names in Bishop's book. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of engagement rings. uh <laughs> Yeah. Apparently, by the, he bought them in bulk. <laughs> what is it with people named Daniel? I don't get <laughs> Okay, so that kind of lowers uh, one of the motives, uh, motives that I see if he's a real womanizer. Um, I think we need to find out more about where she went for medical vacation uh, and possibly check out their places. Did you did you hear what I wasn't listening fully? Did, did Boris give you the different information or not? I wasn't. Um, not really. Uh, mainly, kind of confirmed what I was getting out of the other people, which is she's definitely a workaholic. Oh. Um, and she probably went on medical 
a base guess right now. She probably went on medical after the stress got too. Wow. Um, and just basically leave because she she spent like fourteen hours a day working. So yeah, I have a feeling if we check out her place, we'll probably get about the same impression uh, there that she's not there that much. But you never know until you look. I mean, yeah, I think the stress overwork angles uh, is the most likely thing, sure. All right. Um, I think going to her place and then going to her desk and her office is office. All right, so you guys... Um, I think we also release everything back to the people or not? Uh, what do you, what, I'm sorry, what was that? Release the uh, floor back so everyone can go back to work? I think so and have after everything is kind of... Um, after the bodies are taken out and the door is pretty much... I, I tell them to shut and close the door to the office for now. The only reason why we wouldn't is if we we're going to go through every, like everyone's desk. I did quickly go through. I don't know if I made that clear, but I was just doing a quick one over on everyone's desk. Okay, all, everybody in there? Okay, yeah. uh, well, this is something else you find is uh, some confirmation that the uh, the office is actually in a pretty nasty uh, relationship. Triangles, quadrangles, and whatever else going on. You're finding letters back and forth from people. <laughs> Apparently, one lucky guy is not only seeing uh, two of the other women, but also one of the other guys. So, <laughs> note to self: start a reality TV station, make them come here for filming. And apparently, Mister Morris, uh, the the charming forty-ish uh, guy, has uh, gotten his share too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about offices, but it always happens that way. Um, yes. Um, and actually, most of I this think information- the only other thing we need to do is, that, as James said uh, earlier, is uh, I want to have one of the officers, or I want to contact corporate office and get uh, the location of the medical facility she went to during her uh, vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Give it a bad uh, review because obviously it didn't calm her down very much. Most of the information you got about all the office uh, romances going on were in Morgan's desk, actually, because once you were done questioning her, they, they removed her from the floor. She apparently was keeping a scorecard in her desk. Well, unless I <laughs> care about it, I don't care. <laughs> yes. Uh, if it's apparently she's trying to figure out... Point, fine. The whole the whole way the office works is probably what the scorecard is about. All right, uh, Alex, they will uh, deliver you uh, copies of whatever medical release forms they have and have them sent to your office. If that's all right. Okay. Um, you guys want to go check out her place and see if there's anything odd, and I'll go back and do uh, an autopsy on um, the bodies. Yeah, I think that's the next move. There's nothing else to get here. So we go to her place. Okay. Uh, both of you guys give me investigation rolls. Yay, got a minus. So that's uh, two.
fun and welcome back to the cave and Daniel throwing the trash. Mm-hmm. What's your total for Drina, Abel? Hard of mine. It's five or six at least, I think. Yeah. If you're talking, uh, can, uh, you can't hear me. I can hear you now. Can I didn't now. hear you earlier. Okay. So what was your total? Five. Five. Okay. Uh, with Gavin, is that a negative for Gavin? I got two in total. Two total. Two total tells you that uh, she's very rarely here. Um, she has a wardrobe of uh, seven different business outfits, all looking variously the same with some you know, minor modifications. Seven sets of shoes. Uh, she apparently eats out all the time because the only thing that's in her refrigerator is a pitcher of water, some milk, and uh, stray bits of fruit that have gone bad. Most of her mail is either in a trash can or unopened on her work desk. Uh, and the whole place just gives kind of a general... It doesn't really seem like anyone lives here at all. Shows give the apartment exactly the same contents in the fridge. And- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drina, while going through her wardrobe, finds a like a, a travel trunk in the back. It looks like at some point in her life she she had traveled quite extensively. It's got uh, you know, the little stickers on the luggage from uh, many different places around the world. Um, and inside, it, the trunk is just filled with like photographs, uh, menus from you know from France and menus from Germany, different little uh, you know bistros along the way, and uh, you find a uh, a framed picture. Uh, with sepia tone pictures, what looks like a very young Sandy. I mean, she she was, you know, if she was sixteen, you'd be surprised in the picture. Um, where it's her wedding day, she's you know decked out in a wedding dress. There's some you know handsome guy that's maybe a little bit older than her um, there as well. And packed underneath the picture um, are a certificate of death um, to from apparently her husband, uh, as well as a wedding ring. Looks like he died uh, almost ten years ago. Surprise! Uh, other than that, there's really there's no other personal items in the place. Uh, the apartment itself is also, it's a single room, uh, apartment. It's in, it is in district one. Uh, but this is like, this is one of the places that mostly rent out to people that are, um, it's extended stay, but it's not really meant to be a home per se, you know, like business people that come in for a few months at a time and then are gone. That's the kind of clientele this, these places usually have. You guys doing anything else there? When, when, uh, what does her husband look like? 
Um, actually, your husband looks quite a bit uh, like Daniel. A little bit more rugged in the cheek, or excuse me, in the skin. Um, and the photograph is, is a, of a much younger man, of course. But he's got the same kind of dark hair, same kind of you know spacing the eyes, same type of nose. It's not exact. It's not like he's a duplicate, but it, there's a lot of similarities. Well, I'm curious to see Daniel's place now, that's for sure. Oh, I'll check her medicine cabinet if she's got one. Ah. Um, very nice. I had forgotten about that. Uh, take, uh, take yourself a chip for that. <laughs> because, yes, indeed, in her, medi- in her medicine cabinet, you do find uh, a row of medications um, that were given to her within the last 30 days. Um, they're just about out. And unless you've got a reason to have any kind of medical knowledge, you'd have no idea what the medicines are for. Not to that extent, I suspect. Mm-hmm. Basic first aid, yes. Anything medical, drug-wise, no. You can give me a roll, but I'm looking for something like a a three or more. Uh, well, it goes off scholarship, so it's actually a six. Oh, well, you've heard of some of the but chemicals. It, but it's not specialized in that way, though. Right. Uh, you, you've heard in passing some of the chemicals, maybe read of them in a you know a journal now and then, but they're uh, they're basically mood control pills. Uh, you know, the things to keep you, I don't know what the mo- modern equivalent would be things like, uh, anxiety medications, uh, Darvon, uh, anything that just kind of keeps your anxiety level low. <laughs> right. Several. This is a theory that I'm working with right now. Uh, uh, and tell me if you think this is right. Um, I think she discovered that Daniel was a womanizer uh, somehow during the conversation about the items uh, and assaulted him because of that, and he defended himself. Ended up, um, uh, she went a little bit too far and killed him and then killed herself because she killed somebody. That's what I'm working off of right now. Her husband's name. Her husband was Barnabas. That was First name or last name? First name. Uh, last name is Walters. Okay, so she kept her. Okay, she kept his name. Well, how old was he when he died? Uh, he was oh. 23 when he died. So how long ago was it? 10 years. And, and what was the cause of death? Uh, it's not specified on the paperwork. Is there anything else you want to do at her place? Yeah, does she have even a bookcase or? No, she doesn't really. Or an end table. Now, yeah, I guess we probably found everything there is to find here. I think. So, I yeah, I don't have anything in mind myself. I mean, the uh, the only thing I would want to find is like some kind of notebook or diary, or even just a phone log or something. A sign that she's just she just came back from being away for a month. Mm-hmm. 
and like I said, she she apparently doesn't spend much time in here at all. I mean, you didn't you don't even find like uh, you've got this trunk this travel trunk here, but she doesn't have any passport in her room. There's no documentations at all. Uh, like even her IDs aren't in this room. Of course, they could have been with the body. Hmm. Uh, well, we can come back here if there's anything else we need. So. We opened the case, or did we do that? You did that and found all the... Well, you found right. the case. Zoomed oh, okay. The then let's get going. Um, we either rejoin the doctor or go to Daniel Brown's apartment. All right. Well, okay. we rejoin the doctor. Well, I thought... Well, we probably go to Daniel's apartment first. Yeah, I think, I think so, too. They live I, in the I same don't district. particularly feel the need to be there when he's cutting up bodies. <laughs> yeah, we live in the same district, so it's... Uh, it's oh, you don't enjoy that? And uh, I'll just do that real quick, uh, because there's not a lot over at Daniel's. Uh, go ahead and give me your investigation rolls. Yeah, please. <laughs> Worst. Nice. Daniel's pad is just the opposite. It is a tricked out bachelor's pad. Uh, he's got the place looking, you know, very inviting. He's got the nice plush carpets. Uh, he's got several bottles of champagne chilling in the refrigerator, as well as like you know trays of hors d'oeuvres ready to go. Uh, he's got expensive paintings on the walls. Why is it that when I flick the switch, the bed starts rotating and a black yeah. light comes on? <laughs> a little disco ball <laughs> drops from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's definitely a place that's uh, kept for entertaining. Uh, it's it's very clean, and since the carpet is this uh, a deep kind of you know very shaggy, but it's white. It's you know, and it's very clean. He must be paying for some kind of. You figure he's paying for some kind of cleaning service. Uh, He's got a little bar built into the kitchen, you know, and he's got this huge, impressive amount of different, like, liqueurs on the back. Mm, several Barry White albums. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He does have a phonograph with uh, all the latest uh, <laughs> music on wax cylinders, of course. <laughs> I think we know everything we need to know about Mr. Brown. He apparently subscribes to many magazines, uh, the equivalent of like GQ and uh, the Fashionable Mail. <laughs> right. Um, does he have a desk, notebook? He does have a and desk. He's got a roll top desk. Uh, it is locked, but it is a insignificant little lock. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, this time I will. Like I, I don't know. I'll look under the desk, see if there's yep. a key. There is a T key tape to the bottom of the desk. Yeah. And I'll just check the cabinet, the medicine cabinet again. Uh, there is a duplicate of the little black book that you found um, in a larger black book here, um, as well as some names that have been crossed out, and there's apparently a rating system involved. Uh, he has several stacks of uh, stationery, um, and you know, he's got a nice pen set there. It looks like this is you know his letter-writing desk. He's got he's got kind of like a form letter, you know. He's got a space where you can write somebody's name in, but everything else is pretty much already written and filled out. Like had a wonderful time even last evening, Miss Spat here to put a name. <laughs> we should get together know, we're, we're sometime on this date. 
Um, See, guys, I really the world lost. Uh, the world really lost something special. <laughs> Gavin, check the book and see if uh, Sandy's name is in the black book. Ah, the doctor's here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking in the future what you tell me about this. I'm oh, uh, sorry. I'll, I'll wait and you're, cut in later. That's actually something that you uh, you may have mentioned to each other when you found the black book to begin with. Sandy's number was in the little black book. But then again, so was Morgan's and uh, Becky's and... Uh, <laughs> Every female employee. No notations by them no, or anything? No, no notations. At least in the little one. Um, in the big one here, you've just got a big X through uh, through Sandy's name, but uh, Morgan seems to have gotten two stars. <laughs> and uh, ah, she's, ah, she's young. She doesn't know any better. Is there anything not related to him getting laid? In the desk. Is it a chick at the medicine cabinet? <laughs> uh, just medicine find, cabinet, just, just your, your basic things. Now, there's analgesic powders, uh, you know, different medications that supposedly help for hangovers. Just what you would find in a bachelor guy's apartment. Nothing mm. special. That's your little blue clothes. I'm sure they don't do anything. <laughs> they, they mean nothing. Um, and, they're, and they're just over Probably the counter tons stuff. Probably of hair gel in the... Uh, <laughs> There's stuff that you can find at a drugstore without getting a doctor to prescribe them. He's not taking any kind of uh, prescription medications. He he invests a lot in uh, muscle liniments, apparently. Uh, Other than yeah. that, the only thing else you uh, find of interest in his plays is he apparently does take his job fairly seriously, as he has a lot of uh, technical reference manuals and writing manuals on his... Uh, or stashed at his roll-top desk. So, I mean, he does have, like, the tools of his trade here as well. There's a small typewriter mm-hmm. that looks like it's gotten a lot of use. One of the portable jobbies, you know, the kind that uh, can be bolted inside of a, a suitcase and, you know, carted along with you. Fair enough. I, I, I flipped through the technical and, uh, manuals. The guy had a flair for making the incomprehensible comprehensible. <laughs> He seemed to have uh, enough. Adrena, they're comprehensible. He has enough engineering and mechanical knowledge that he was able to understand the material and translate it into something that you know uh, an end user could use without too many problems. He was good at his job, apparently. Well, there's that then. So let's see. He was good at his job. He was really, really. Really, really serious about getting laid. Um, right. And while his apartment is well kept and is been, you know, is rather nice, and you could uh, definitely have a crowd over to uh, to have a party, etc. It's not beyond what you would imagine he'd be making for a living. Although he has invested in some uh, some art on the walls that look like they might be worth a tidy sum, but it's really the only thing you see that has uh, you know a smack of having a large amount of money spent on it. He doesn't have the safe behind a painting. Uh, not that you were able to find. You flip the paintings over and look specifically, and nothing really there. So we found one sense in which he is not a cliche. 
<laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything right now. Let's see what we'll play there. Again, we can come back if we need to. In both cases, by the way, the uh, superintendent of the building has let you into the rooms without any problem. You know, showed them your IDs and it's like, yep, no problem. <laughs> yep. Fix it as much. Then let's, uh, let's get back. All right. Meanwhile, um, the bodies are nicely laid out on your tables there, Alex. Um, I have, uh, work. Sorry, I accidentally muted myself. Um, I have poor Kate uh, sit in, and as I take items out of uh, out of their clothing, I I um, uh, note where I'm from. What kind of items do they have on their person? Um, well, uh, both of them, like I said, were, be- uh, were wearing wearing very uh, new, fashionable clothing. Um, she actually did have her passport on her. Uh, as well as some receipts, uh, and some paperwork to, you know, get reimbursement. Okay, so that would have told us where, uh, where the actual, uh, items come from, or where she was during her vacation? Well, or is it it just receipts? They're just receipts from different places, mostly, uh, you know, like, uh, receipts for dinner that she's trying she's getting comped uh because apparently they were like dinner uh brunches with people that uh, she had to meet with for her job etc um i'm gonna take a blood sample and test that for um a couple of drugs uh since i don't know about what they've found already i'm testing it for like antithetamines uh um, other uh, drugs that you would treat, you use to treat um, uh, patients for uh, mental issues. Sure. Uh, you'll be running uh, the blood work when uh, one of your nurses comes up with a manila envelope that was just delivered by courier. Uh, it's got power stamp on the front of it and said, uh, this just came in for you, sir. Use it on your All right. workbench there. Um, while you're running through, you know, the most common things, the, the, the thing that you find easily and readily enough is that she did have trace, uh, like barbiturates in her, in her blood. Um, not large amounts, like, you know, normal, normal doses, nothing that would indicate an overdose of them, but you do find some depressants in her, in her system. And, you know, this is like the old style way of like, you, you took a fairly large amount of blood and you're kind of just mixing it in a vial with some, other liquids will turn a different color if you find these things in it. I mean, we, we don't, we don't have the technology for like real crime labs yet. So you're, you know, you're doing these, you've taken a lot of blood. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, I'm going to look for signs of, uh, illegal drugs in Daniel too. Mm-hmm. You're going to take out the blood anyway when they, when they lay him to rest. Sure. Uh, and this will take Things a while, like, uh, of course. Um, so by the time that you're going to be finishing with Daniel there, uh, the rest of you guys will show up at his office. Uh, Daniel actually had a, a fair amount of alcohol in his blood uh, at the time of death. Not so much that he would be 
uh, you know, not completely tanked, but he he had probably had a martini lunch. You're figuring, still in his stomach, hadn't been completely digested. And the class of Daniel just improves even more. <laughs> um, but that does bring up something interesting. Anyway, when I get there, I'll I'll be finishing. He has up a strange and, uh, rash. Taking out the package and opening that up. Um, so, so he has a strange rash that you notice Opening too. up the package. All right. So by the time you're opening the package, uh, you guys will show up at his office. Yeah. Yeah, you sound fine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what did the passport show? Her passport. Uh, she hasn't been out of con- out of the country uh, since three years ago, uh, and she had come in uh, from France. Uh, was the last place she had been, and apparently, according to her passport and how it's been stamped, she was there for about two years. Uh, before that, she was in Germany. Before that, she was in Ireland. I forget, was that consistent with the time of death of her husband? Ten years ago. Ten years. Yeah, and that was only two years ago. Yeah, so ten years would have put her in Ireland, according to her passport. Hmm. Uh, yeah, well, while he's looking at the documents, we also found these medicines in her cabinet. We all off a string of random letters. <laughs> and that will be consistent. All right, with what I'll you make a note of the medicines. That'll be consistent with what you found in her blood. Um, it's a doctor you don't recognize, though, who, who prescribed it on the on the bottles. Hmm. Is it a local doctor? Uh, well, obviously, it's not a local doctor. Where does where did the medicines indicate they came from? Uh, the medicines were filled at a local pharmacy. But the doctor itself, I don't recognize. You don't recognize, no. All right, well, I'll open up the packet. What does the packet actually say from uh, Power? Sure, uh, they're the mimeographed, you know, it's the old kind of bluish copies of the, the actual papers. Um, and you have three sheets of paper in here. One of them is the Sylvan Pines Treatment Center Admission Form. Uh, one of them is the Welcome to Sylvan Pines Admission uh, page. And the third one is the uh, Verification of Medical Coverage uh, for Procedure Surrender. So we have no idea where she was. No idea where she was. The Admission Form at Name, age, sex, occupation, uh, lines. Uh, have you ever suffered from neurosis or behavioral disorders? That line is checked. Have you ever been addicted to a controlled substance or suffered from alcohol-related problems? That is checked. Uh, how long have you lived in Al- uh, in uh, Metapol? Uh, three years. Do you suffer from work-related stress? If so, briefly describe your job. Uh, there's a paragraph there. Uh, describing her job and basically saying yes, yes, oh yes, oh lord, yes. Uh, <laughs> please answer the Why following questions. The cancer ticked? <laughs> please answer the following questions <laughs> on a scale from one to ten. How important to you is your mother? How important to you is your father? Do you consider yourself religious? Do you become agitated easily? That one has a ten. 
do you believe in extraterrestrials? That one has a one. Do you consider yourself a fairly normal person? That is a five. How many times do you contemplate sex? That's a zero. How many times a day do you contemplate death? That's a ten. <laughs> How much do you love Nikola Tesla? Ten, ten, ten! <laughs> <laughs> The only thing on there is a 10. There's no 1 on that one. Actually, everything yeah, up mysteriously to... Mysteriously disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> the how important is your mother, how important is your father, those were both 1s. You consider yourself religious was a no. I did, I did not tell you the answers to those. And I didn't... Uh, you cut out when you said uh, the whole uh, sex question. Uh, what was the her answer for that? A 0. From a scale of 1 to uh, 10. Interesting. And any of the medicine she's on, would that have a side effect to her libido? It most certainly would. Based off of the uh, the indicators that I got off of it, um, does it look like she hadn't taken her medicine in a while? And, or does it look like the dosage should be about right in her bloodstream? It should be about right, and by counting the pills that are left and the prescription date, she's been taking them as she sh as she should be taking them. At least to what's prescribed to her. Whether or not you would give a, a similar prescription, unknown. <laughs> um, shall we go to this medical facility and talk to some of the doctors there? Uh, that's our next line. This medical facility is the yep. first question. The hold, last. Hold, hold, hold on. Um, why don't we test the meds in her in the in her bottle to make sure it actually is what the label says? Oh, that's a good point. Although I did find medicine in her system that should be about appropriate for it, but uh, I suppose there's no harm in doing that as well. Sure, you can uh, you can be doing that. If the rest of you guys will uh, look at the third sheet that is in there, it's the admittance sheet for Sylvan Pines. Uh, just looking over it, it just gives you an overview of what Sylvan Pines is. It's a private psychiatric facility. Uh, it's in District One. It's got its own five-acre site. A uh, very modern facility, apparently, with uh, private rooms, jacuzzis, uh, gymnasium, recreational facilities, 24-hour staff, uh, treatment team. It lists Dr. Ruth Rothmuller as the director and chief clinician, uh, Dr. Edwin Klimp as the specialist in psychiatry, Dr. L Lilia Sadat as a specialist in group therapy, and they specialize in chemical dependency programs, uh, eating disorders, therapeutic activities, uh, job-related stress. Uh, I also want to, that's a um, nine for, for that okay. test. I also want to know if, um, if uh, what kind of effects these would have with alcohol. Uh, sure. Uh and by the way, Dr. Ruth Rothmuller is the doctor who prescribed the medications that are on the uh, on the bottles. The medications are exactly what they say they are um, and in the dose that they say they are. Uh, if you were to drink alcohol with these pills, you would quite possibly die. There was no indication of alcohol in her body. Anything else? before we head up to uh, that facility? No. Uh, heavily armed. Um, 
well before, just wondering maybe you can make a call to your fellow doctors to see if they know the reputation of this place. Have you haven't heard of it yourself? Well, have I heard of the facility? I haven't heard of the doctor. But uh, I heard of the actually, you, you haven't even heard of the facility. Oh, and something that catches your eye uh, there, Gavin, <laughs> is the bill. <laughs> it apparently cost her $2,000 a day to stay there. Or at least it cost uh, her medical program $2,000 a day to stay there. I'm guessing since this is a in-district one, it's probably, I haven't heard of it because the people who go there don't want to be heard of. Just but I'll ask around and see. Of course, it contains the embassies and all the highfalutin people in Metapol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm hoping like, uh, up uh, that bill for her. Well, that explains a lot. All right, let's uh, let me let's pause here for a bit. Take a five minute break. Um, I'm going to yep. pause the recording and restart it, and we'll pick up. All right. Okay. Take five. podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod. More of his music can be found at incompetech.com. Of Steam, Steel, and Murder is a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives production. Direct comments to steamsteelmurder at gmail.com.